Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, uh, so this is going to be another recording for the match of the year. Well, actually, probably the first one you see, or maybe the second one, since it's the seventh on the ATP list. Why is it seventh on the ATP list? Because John is racist towards this match and um, didn't want to have it higher up. I would have it higher up. But anyway, hello, Mario. And um, there was a bit of controversy regarding this choice, actually, because we had this uh, Twitter space with John and Jack where we are creating the... Um, no, the shortlist for the matches that should be included in the top seven for Talking Tennis. And I guess it wasn't as much of a controversy between us three, whether to include Sinner Medvedev at all. It also wasn't, um, I mean, it, whether to include it in like the top 15 or something. It was a controversy between us three and especially between John and, and me, whether to include it in the top seven. But then when we posted a poll relating to this and actually the, you know, the viewers, the audience decided that they want this and Rublev Luna instead of Strufalkaras. Um, that's when uh, some people from the Talking Tennis team came up with this idea that actually they would rather see Sinner Medvedev in Vienna here. So Mario, which of the three Sinner Medvedev matches this year do you think belongs on a list like this? I mean, we're going to be talking about Beijing anyway. Your answer isn't going to change it. But if you had uh, I mean, the, the free, I mean, the free later in the year, of course, they played five times as a whole this year. But the, yeah. the first two, I don't think were really a consideration. But when it comes to the three that came later in the year, so Vienna, Beijing and um, ATP finals. We were also all uh, we are all, we are considering them all really, but um, decided on Beijing. So yeah, is that the right call? You know, is it is it just fine? Are they all at the same level? Um, well, uh, I have to say that you know, uh, for me, it, it depends a lot on what uh, criteria you're going to use because for sure, I mean, for talking about the the scoreline drama, probably v Vienna was more maybe more interesting than the Beijing one, for example, because, you know, we, we have 
we had no no breaks and we had just you know a straight sets win for Sinner, even if it was two tie breaks so it still was really you know a very close one even if um so you know if uh what you're going to to choose is um especially based on that kind of drama scoreline wise and probably vienna gave us um gave us best among the five matches that Sinner and Medvedev have, have played um quality wise i feel like uh, beijing was 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 good was a, was a good match um yeah in the end i feel that we can we can be okay with this choice even because um there's there's quite a, quite much to to talk about this match in an episode like like this we are doing today because it's it's not only about the match in it in itself like maybe um in vienna let's say but there's much of a storyline also because of what the head to head was looking like and the kind of week sinner was having um yeah, in my opinion, there uh, probably the story is is even better for for this one because uh, you know talking about uh, considering Vienna, for example, probably that one it was I don't want to say just the match, um, but let's say that Sinner didn't get into that one with the same kind of pressure. Uh, for example, in which he was in Beijing. I mean, still the head-to-head was 1-6 going back, you know, before the Vienna final, but still having won the title in Beijing, you know, it still was... Um, I don't know. I feel that that we, we are okay because probably, you know, could have gone either way, let's say, you know, still would have been much to talk, so I'm okay with with the choice and you know happy to 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 talk and to to have a throwback to to this match yeah so to sort of explain my reasoning because i was the biggest advocate for it yeah i just believe that quality is literally the same vienna beijing i don't think that um you know a free set match necessarily has to be higher up than a two set match um, not that I, you know, sort of in- included it as a potential factor, but like it, it wasn't a disqualifying thing for me. And at the mm-hmm. same time, I just feel like the the storyline here, you know, it, it, it's not that the storyline plays the main part, but it is there as an important fa- thing to consider. Whereas some yeah. of the other matches that like people were posing to me were like mostly story, but no actual. Oh, for, for example, good good one is um, Świątek Gov. We t- chatted about the about putting the this one on which much of the list. One? Yes, yes, and I feel like that's mostly storyline. But there yeah, in absolutely. the backstage, there, there there's a very decent match, but nothing exceptional. Where yeah, there should the be you know a balance the between the two things, a, g- a good quality yeah. match, uh, and also with a good storyline because you know both things, in my opinion, are let's say equally important probably in an episode like this like this one you know yeah uh, you know and, um, it's... yeah no yeah, we'll I, 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 I think it's absolutely know, fine yeah uh, i know that uh there was there was a poll rublev rune won won the poll <laughs> and probably that one was one like you know uh similar to the Sviante Goff you were saying the story a little is big, bit yeah and the storyline is big mm, of course uh but you know 
mm, by the way, we are doing another match today. So, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, we gave people the right to vote. Um, they did what they, ha what they had to do. Um, you know, democracy. Uh, I guess that's that's it, really. So, yeah, let's yeah, talk about example, the, the head-to-head. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure that if Struff won, probably maybe the audience would have... Uh, that was a match in which, in my opinion, the result uh, could have, uh, you know, made a different, a different in impression in, in people's mind. You know, if Struff won, probably the storyline mm -hmm. would have been uh, bigger, probably, hmm. than, you know, uh, maybe people who let's say didn't watch it and just just recognize it at an Alcaraz final win against Troop, you know. I, I don't know if you got what I uh, yeah, what I'm trying I, to I, explain. So probably this has an interesting uh, argument. Left, you know, a big, big uh, memory in some people's mind, like for example some some other matches. Maybe. Um, anyhow, yeah, Sinner Medvedev, as we, as you sort of hinted at already, it was zero and six going into Beijing. And it's not like there weren't any, um, sort of, you know, positive takeaways for Sinner. There was that first set in Rotterdam he won. There was the Nito ATP finals match, which was super close. But at the same time, he was just coming off Miami, right? And that was like probably the biggest disappointment we've had so far with Sinner Medvedev. Because that was the one where we were all like, okay, Sinner defeated Alcaraz, beat, you know, some cramps, but still defeated Alcaraz. He goes into the Medvedev match. You feel like it's basically a 50-50. And then he comes out onto the court there and he like looks very uncomfortable doing, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. presenting any variety. He plays the drop shot like nine times, loses all nine yeah. points, I believe. Basically, looks like he's hitting the drop shot for the first time in his life. So, was there any optimism, you know, to to have uh, for uh, in you uh, going into this Sinner Medvedev matchup from from the side of Sinner, of course, because I think everyone was like, you know, besides Medvedev fans, was like sort of hoping that maybe this is finally where we get at least a close match, at least a good battle. And um, I think, um, especially as he had just beaten Alcaraz again, right? So it was it was pretty similar to the Miami match, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, of course, in Miami, you know, expectations was quite high because even considering the Rotterdam match, yeah, you know, still there was not the feeling that Sinner was close to win that one. But we we were seeing that you know Sinner was able to to you know to to trouble Medvedev at, at least for some some parts of the match. So uh, given that the Sunshine double, I don't. I'm not only considering. Um, you know the Alcaraz match, but all Sunshine double Sinner was was playing super well. Did reach semifinals in both. Uh, lost one against Alcaraz and beat Alcaraz in the other one. There were there was the good that good match over over Fritz. The Miami campaign was incredible because there was also the performance he put against Rublev was one of you know probably one of the best performances of the year. Um, another you know he he was literally flying in Miami, won all the matches in straight sets before that Alcaraz semi-final. Um, you know, definitely in that one, probably in the end, there was also, you know, some uh, difference between, let's say, a most difficult path, like, you know, the, the one Sinner had and, um, you know, Sinner's draw in Miami was, uh, Sinner, Medvedev's draw in Miami was not the most, um, the most difficult one and so that also can have you know can have played a role in a matchup which was already 
quite lopsided and you know the the difference in terms of physical condition uh, in the end played played a good role because uh, of course the the matches between Sinner and Medvedev are, are always have a great um, physical uh, part which uh, play you know a, a good role in those matches coming in Beijing um, well, uh, let's say that, um, first of all, Medvedev still have played at, I would say, a good level all year, but was not the Medvedev who who was, you know, winning 20, I don't know, 25 out of 26 matching, something like that, uh, reaching, you know, winning uh, back-to-back title and then reaching the final in Indian Wells and winning in Miami and then coming into the clay with confidence and winning in Rome. You know, it was still a, a good um, Medvedev, but not the one we saw in the first the first out of, of the season. Uh, even if... Um, I would mention that uh, Medvedev was coming from a great performance uh, because the semi-final match he played against Zverev, uh, you know, was was a, a great one from him. Quality-wise, was serving very good. Um, you know, there were some some hopes in Sinner, but it was that kind of match in which you, at least my my memory is that I I was struggling to have a clear idea of what was was going to happen because I was quite confident that would have been better than Miami. But, you know, there still was that question mark and I wasn't fully able to to answer to, to the question mark, even if, you know, having beaten Alcaraz, let's say, more comfortably than what was in Miami, was giving me... Uh, a better hope talking about you know a potentially close battle between the two hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and um, I guess the another reason why I actually was advocating for this match to be on there is that I feel out of these three later in the year, this is probably the one where Sinner had to like improvise the most. And uh, the one where he really goes all out when it comes to, you know, server volleying out wide, closing down the net, the sort of things that we've seen. Well, some players able to pull off against uh, Medvedev, especially Leal Karas in, uh, at Wimbledon by, at that point, also at um, Indian Wells, of course, where, I mean, it was just like a 90% tactic for him. The thing is that for, for Alcaraz, these things come very easy, right? I mean, exposing the, the defensive positioning of Medvedev it just comes super easy for him. Whereas for Sinner, it's not exactly natural. He sort of emerged as a player who stands on the baseline, blasts the shot, and wins the point like this. And if the violent acceleration is not enough, then we, he might run into some trouble. And, uh, well, the, the the main thing for me in Beijing was that he was actually just so persistent. And actually, this is a nice segue as well into... Uh, into this pretty famous point, but one that actually is a little forgotten now. And I guess that's natural because if you lose a point like this and then you lose a set, 
then we remember it until the end of time. Oh, yeah, Whereas yeah, if yeah. you lose a point like this and you win a set, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, you could have won it earlier, but well, you you, you still won it. So um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there was this smash at 4-3, uh, which was a breakpoint for Medved uh, for Sinner, sorry. I think he had two of them in that game. This was definitely the, the one at 40-30. Yeah, I definitely remember. Uh, well, 30-40 from, from, from Medvedev's perspective, from the server's perspective. And uh, basically, there's like a huge long point. You already see some sort of change of attitude in Sinner. He blasts a backhand cross court. He sees Medvedev will be on the back foot. So he follows it up into the net. He has a pretty easy smash and he misses it wide. But I guess, you know, if um, if you're looking at Sinner this much and as a whole, you, you, you know that he's not fully comfortable going to the net, um, playing drop shots as well, which we'll, I think we'll talk about later. And um, then you actually realize that because he has to make these tactical changes in order to beat Medvedev, because he has to step out of his comfort zone, play something he's not fully adept in, he sort of needs to persist even if a thing like that happens. I mean, even yeah, if yeah. a poor smash happens to him, he just needs to keep going. And, and I guess that's one thing that he did ex exceptionally well in this match, right? Yeah, and that's, of course, one of the things that overall gives me you know um, uh, good uh, you know feelings about Sinner also you know going on in, in his career because he's that kind he's that kind of player who still tends to you know to persist in what he's doing and believes in, in what he's doing even if you know he's not um, having 100% of success uh, you know other players could have been a little bit probably frightened about what happened, maybe taking a step back. Uh, Sinner kept going and, you know, and did well, in my opinion. There, there were, of course, some mistakes, but overall, um, in my opinion, he was even doing, you know, what he, he had to do in, in a quite, quite good, good way, let's say, uh, especially when he was serving. He he really had to face only one break point in that match. If I if I'm not if I'm not wrong, um, yeah, first set somewhere early, yeah, right? First like set was the first... at the beginning. Yeah. Was at the beginning. I yeah. remember one uh, of the first five, uh, few games. Yeah, yeah. And, and after that, he he hasn't even faced a single break point, and that, in my opinion, was so important. So maybe in giving him the confidence to uh, to keep going because. Uh, he was not risking talking about the score, at least, you know, mm, when you face a break point, even if he, uh, at times he managed to, um, uh, to do that uh, quite well, even in some pressure points. Uh, I remember even in the two tie breaks. Um, and yeah, it was definitely important for him to... You know, not be scared if there was one missed volley or that smash. It was that one the way, and he he kept going. And uh, in the end, even if you know he he didn't uh, break Medvedev, but uh, definitely even if it was seven six seven six, the one who had the chances, the more chances to um, uh, to score some to score a break, it was it was Sinner. So. Um, you know, all the um, the signs were were positive, even even during the match um, for him. Yeah, I'm watching these 11 minute highlights on the um, I guess ATP Tour um, or is it Tennis TV Tennis TV uh, YouTube channel. Um, there's just a few 
points from the first set tiebreak since you know this is where we are more or less right now in the match and um basically um i think there's 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 this one point for four zero or is it for five zero um yeah it, it, I, th- I think it is for for five zero yeah when which is just beautiful from sooner as he uh, just has this backhand plus one that he can crack cross court and follows it up to the net and there's just nothing that Medvedev can do. Uh, it's a pretty good backhand volley technique as well, maybe a little similar to what he hit um, very recently against Djokovic at the ATP Finals, or was it Davis Cup? Oh, anyway, uh, definitely you know showing that again that that mentality and that improvement. Yeah, yeah we've had, he actually loses we've had uh, some, mm-hmm. some good signs of it lately. I don't know if you remember uh, when he won that break point four games all in the, the third set against Rune uh, at the ATP Oh, that Finals. was the one that I was thinking of. Yes, that was the yeah, one that, that I was thinking of. Not was, against Djokovic, you know, but against Rune, yes. Yeah, that was yes. a great example, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Um, I, I remember it was like ATP Finals, but I, I couldn't point the match um, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. late in the first yeah, it, it was against Rune, right? One of the best back and volleys of the year, maybe even. And um, yeah, he loses here like a spectacular point at 6-1. But of course, at that point, it doesn't really matter. He has dominated the tiebreak and he wins the 7-2 point as well. This time just, you know, can stay glued to the baseline and just blasts a few shots at Medvedev and eventually eventually gets an error. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he takes the first set and uh, suddenly... We, we believe that we have a match on our hands. As you said, in the second set, there's not actually, like in terms of break points, there's not all that much happening. Mm-hmm. Both guys are playing at an exceptionally high level, absolutely. Uh, Medvedev cracks a few shots himself. I mean, he really responds to the pressure that Sinner gives him as well. I think there's a um, like third game of the second set. Sinner has a few break points, uh, but they don't get taken. So soon enough, we will be arriving in another tiebreak, right? Yeah, another tiebreak, which which we remember also uh, because of the last points. Because um, I clearly remember very well, uh, Sinner five two five two up wins a, a spectacular point to to go six two up, and then right after closes the match with uh, uh, with a great you know forehand return uh, and and wins the match. So to you know we think basically about two tiebreaks that. Uh, didn't really have all that um, many doubt <laughs> talking about who was going to win the two tiebreaks because they were, um, you know, easily uh, won by both by by Sinner. Uh, but yeah, clearly uh, the main thing about about this match it was for sure the the fact that Sinner was able to uh, to to hurt Matt Medvedev in in that way. Uh, coming often, coming often to the net, serving volleying, using some drop shots, but uh, differently that when it was in Miami, like a way to to escape from the rally. Even when he was playing here, drop shot, it was a bit different tactically because you know it, it was looking more like a tactical choice. Uh, you know, making Medvedev boon run run forward and you know just just surprise him and of course not let him uh, you know basically live in in his comfort zone to throughout uh, the whole match and this has also probably had 
had an impact in the overall matchup because then you know that we we had the other two two matches in Vienna and the ATP finals, which were even different because you know that uh, Sinner still um, came to the net at times, used the used the variety when when he he needed to, but it was um, less evident because he was also winning you know some some points and rally from from the baseline i remember that the third set in turin uh, in which he was basically blasting every shot and winning every baseline rally in the end uh, and i'm sure the that the beijing uh, match is an important um, i don't want to say sliding door because i uh, you know it's still early we are going to have I think especially on the car court when these two players are, you know, among the, the very top of the game, we are still going to have many matches. But of course, the matchup is now looking very, very different than uh, from what it was, let's say, middle of the year with that 6-0. Six, six um, so for sure, Beijing match is, is important also in the story of this rivalry because having, you know, seen the chance of doing... Uh, what he did tactically and actually, you know, benefiting from that despite a couple of mistakes, which can happen. You can also make a mistake from the baseline. So it's, um, you know, it's right for him to, it was right for him to keep going. And it was, in my opinion, very, very important for him. And probably even for the rest of the season, you know, when you give, when you gain confidence from a match like that, then you can also bring that in not only in this matchup but even in next matches and you know changing even mentality a little bit yeah that's the birthplace of post puke sinner this event right and and he's been spectacular yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe the best player in the world since maybe the second best that's like a matter of opinion uh, of course that you know only since only since beijing so it's not a huge sample i'm not saying this will hold up until the Australian Open, who knows, but certainly he has been uh, in that conversation uh, since this run, since this title, since these two Alcaraz Medvedev matches. Yeah, I'm just um, I'm scrolling through the second set tiebreak. Even the first point is pretty spectacular. Medvedev lobs, Sinner, uh, it, they, they get back into the point, and then he actually eventually wins this with a very well-hidden drop shot. He uh, has Medvedev on the back foot, of course, but it would just be very normal for Sinner to hit a big forehand here. Medvedev, you can see already is moving to his uh, backhand corner. Like he has definitely made the uh, decision that Sinner will be hitting there. You know, he has guessed already. Whereas Sinner just comes up with this great forehand dropper in other in the other direction. As we mentioned earlier in Miami, he actually didn't win a single point on which he played a drop shot, which was well. I mean, nine is, I guess, not that huge of a sample size, but it still tells you something that, well, no, no, neither of these was a, was a winner. Neither of these were was a shot that Medvedev was, you know, struggling with enough in order to, let's say, put it into the net or maybe just to give yeah, Sinner yeah. an easy put away. So, uh, yeah, this was a huge change up. And again, maybe if maybe if he didn't sometimes look fully comfortable, maybe if sometimes they weren't perfect, he still had to throw them in sometimes. Of course, Medvedev playing most of the time three meters behind the baseline. Uh, that's a tactic you want to be going for. 
but just like with the servant volleying out wide, which sometimes for a player with good touch on the first volley, it seems like a 90% tactic, you still need to be able to execute it at a very high level for uh, in order to beat Medvedev. And then, of course, you're quite right about the two spectacular points that Sinner wins. 5-2, it's this forehand pass on the run. And 6-2, the massive return. And 5-2, I mean, re-watching this tiebreak now, you still sort of feel like, okay, so Medvedev wins the next two points. There's still a chance for him in this match, right? I mean, a tiebreak is not done at 5-2 if you're the guy serving. If if the guy who has the two points is serving, then the tiebreak is not done yet. Whereas, yeah, Sinner just closes down the door on, on Medvedev instantly. And especially with that ma- massive forehand return, of course. And yeah. it just sort of clips the, the corner, very corner of the court. Uh, the movement in this in this tie break from Sinner is quite spectacular too. The shots he is picking up, just running side to side as well, because there's a couple of points that he is forced to do some running on as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think what you said about Vienna and ATP Finals was very true. And actually one of the reasons why I was pushing for this one to be included is that um, I feel like this is the one where we saw the most sort of initiative, the most invention from Sinner. Whereas the next ones, he was sort of already so confident and maybe playing even better than before that, uh, yeah, apparently he was able to also outplay Medvedev off the ground quite a lot. Uh, he still had the ability to throw in the, you know, unconventional stuff, which is good. Uh, I, that's how you should use it. I mean, as a, as a player like him to have that ability, have it in your toolbox, but not necessarily have to go for it all the time. This isn't ideal. Uh, when you're playing someone like that and you know an, an opponent you don't like and you sort of have to go for these tactics even though you don't fully like them it's not your most natural play but well he was zero and six in this matchup he had to try something and I guess that's also an inspiration yeah, and what you said uh, well, about he did. Um, what you said mm-hmm. about the point in the tie break uh, which Sinner yeah. won with the drop shot uh, and also considering the the matches which came next in which we saw that Sinner was even winning um, quite a good number of points from the baseline, basically, you know, in, let's say, classic classic rally um, from, from the baseline, which you would, would expect in this, in this matchup. But I'm also talking about Medvedev when he needs to, to defend the court. It becomes even, you know, it becomes more difficult if you actually are not anymore 100% sh- uh, sure or you know where you have to anticipate and where you have to uh, to go because you you now have some doubt that sinner you know can can make uh, a drop shot or can can use his angles better um because we we could um we could also uh, analyze also the angle chosen from his baseline shot, you know, in uh, in Vienna, for example, comparing it to to Rotterdam, um, and uh, for sure, it you know you you lose you lose a bit of confidence, and it's also you know more difficult to anticipate uh, the decision your opponent is is going to make because you you are not anymore that 100% sure or um about what you uh, what you're going to do and for example Medvedev won that set in Turin but we saw that uh in Turin he he went way more aggressive 
uh, than when he you know he was in in the other matches played against um against Sinner Sinner in the year so this um this match maybe also pushed uh, Medvedev to to try something different because in Turin he he did it then he it hasn't pained in the long term because he lost the match but he for especially the second set he was the aggressive player okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No yeah, um, and I guess one more thing that I wanted to mention, and I was just Googling that and I started reading an article, which is kind of shocking to me because I, I wanted to mention that uh, the Sinner team is actually pretty likely to, well, Sinner and his team, let's put it this way, is actually, well, maybe even free awards by the ATP can be won by Sinner and his team. Uh, but let's not talk about sportsmanship. But like most improved player of the year, Sinner is definitely up there as a contender thanks to performances like this. And as I was looking for a list uh, of the awards, of the nominees, I bumped into this article on Sports Illustrated, which is like sort of handing out their awards. And it's by John Verkheim. And the coach of the year category does not even mention Darren Cahill. And that's shocking to me. Of course, it, he has been nominated by the ATP and it's going to be voted on by fellow ATP coaches. And I think Darren Cahill and Simone Vanozzi, who are, are sort of like a double nomination for Sinner, thanks to matches like this, and maybe especially the match yeah, 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 sure. here, I, I mean, Sinner, Medvedev, and also the ones against Djokovic, like they're yeah, yeah, huge yeah. front runners, I think. For this. All, all my, you know, full respect to the others, but I think that this one is even clearer, in my opinion, than the most improved. Yeah, uh, talking yeah. about who should should win that, because yeah, I know that people can argue about everything, can argue about who was the world number one, who won the most lamps, but talking about purely the work uh, made by the coaches, um, the work put in, also tactically. And and mentally, you know, the, the and even the serve. Let's also talk about the serve, which oh, yeah. has, has improved a lot as a shot in for Sinner. He he went, uh, you know. I know that the Turing court are um, are quite fast, and you know it's it's difficult to break overall. But he went through four matches against top tier opponent while going break, uh, you know, being broken only only twice. Um, and then, you know, overall, he, I remember, for example, the first set tiebreak in Vienna played against Medvedev. He won that tiebreak thanks to the serve. Um, and that has, um, has been, you know, a, a maximal change. And I think one of the main things that, in my opinion, led him then, you know, ending the year with that many wins against the top five, because uh, in the end, he scored 10. Uh, of this, you know, this year, especially in the in the latest part, of course, and I think this is also, you know, these are all reasons in which, in my opinion, there's little doubt regarding who should uh, should win this award. Most improved, I don't know, because it also depends on how you you look at 
um, for sure that's been a, a great improvement but um, you know in my opinion you can even think that um, I don't know Steiner still for example entered the top 10 earlier in in his career he still was you know um, knocking on that door yeah you know that uh, it's still a great improver to enter, uh, to, to enter the door, uh, to, to open it. But um, you can even argue that maybe most improved doesn't necessarily mean that. But coach of the year, in my opinion, is 100% uh, clear. Yeah, uh, for me as well. And it's actually very good that you mentioned the serve. I forgot to do that. But um, this is another thing that really helps you in a matchup like this. If you're like, a well, let's say previously one-dimensional baseline attacker and um you're struggling to hit through someone's defenses essentially because it's really it, it really is that simple like what was happening in the Sinner Medvedev matchup before Beijing uh, three points on serve are again really really important and we we well we I guess we said that there was just one break point for Medvedev the whole match but again like Sinner was just bl blitzing through his service games and and yeah, that's that's another part where we really see clear improvement and where we also see the impact of a coach, right? Because it can be so yeah, yeah. hard for for us to actually note down, you know, what's the what, what did that coach do in order to improve a certain player's game? Uh, yeah, and, think um, about that mm -hmm. infamous game in against Djokovic in the Davis Cup. Yeah, Djokovic was got um, you know was getting tense, but Sinner hit saves one of these. Uh, these batch points win an unreturn serve and then hits two other unreturn serve at deuce and advantage for you know advantage sinner he gets another one and then 30 40 yeah Djokovic could have played better that passing shot but still sinner hits a good first serve which lets him uh, attack and and go to the net uh the serve yeah it's been and and there of course you see the the impact the coach has has made because uh, it's clear yeah, and so in the in the tactical awareness, in the yeah, just in decreased one dimensionality of of series games. So yeah, for me it's also super clear. I'm I'm really struggling to see how someone can like not even mention it in their article. But well, I mean that's uh, well uh, okay. I'm, I'm I'm gonna leave the the burns on the guy who wrote it for another time. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything else, really? Uh, I think we talked about this match pretty, uh, you know, comprehensively. There's, there's definitely the the storyline aspect, but also just the fact that it was of exceptionally high quality. And and again, I, I think Vienna was as well. I think the ATP Finals probably is fared best for me uh, when it comes to the Sinner Medvedev matches in 2023. Mm. This easily could have been the Vienna final, uh, but we ended up going for Beijing, as I just think the the storyline, the the, the um, sort of um, yeah freshness that Sinner had to approach this matchup with. Yeah, let's say very, that was it was a yeah. good one also because uh, you you didn't have like in the other matches and you know like in normal matches because most of the matches this happens and here it didn't happen. Uh, you you didn't have you know some patches of the match in which one player looks struggling and the other one is winning games the tie breaks uh, like, on the i like guess for you know yes they were the like for example in vienna you know sinner wins that exceptional first set yeah. and then that gets two breaks uh in the second and 
yeah that's right uh, there's no there's no rules i mean the match just keeps you entertained from yeah. start to finish i believe i was doing commentary on it for docking tennis i do not remember with whom but i remember definitely just you know you're just sitting down and every single game felt important even though in the second set they were all pretty fast and like you know they were easy service holds but you still felt like you know if if, if something happens in this game I mean, it's going to be absolutely vital, and it, probably the player will lose a set. Yeah, so, also so, yeah, the storyline. It is an argument, yeah. Thing that that matter because even if you have only fast holds, but if the quality is good, if some points yeah. are a bit spectacular, then you have what you know what you need to to have to to start watching a a tennis match. So yeah, I I feel like it, he it was generally a, a good final, and uh, you know in a year in which my opinion, uh, as I was talking to to John before, you know the the final months of the year helped up us to to having some matches to uh, to get excited about because you know before. Probably was a bit of a disappointing season. Uh, there were some some very good matches, but talking maybe about... it's just recency bias. You know, we remember the, the the matches that happened most recently the best, and maybe yeah, you're right. Good. But of course, at least if you are talking about the the big stages, you know, when you think yeah. about the matches played at the big stages, let's say Grand Slams from semi-finals onwards. 500 yeah. finals, masters, semis, and finals. Uh, if you think about that, for sure, the last part of the year had had more, um, yeah. you know, drama and material, and even let's say probably variety in terms of the player. Uh, also, because you have had something between, you know, Djokov a part of the year which Djokovic and Alcaraz had great stuff. Uh, Wimbledon, uh, Cincinnati, and then there's been, for example, Medvedev and Sinner, and then it becomes Djokovic. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, for sure, the recency helps, but uh, you know, I feel like the Medvedev Sinner. Um, is also one of these interesting matchups, regardless of that kind of tennis ones prefer, because it's interesting to to see how the players are approaching uh, the match and what they are trying to do in order to you know to get past the rival. Because now we then we have we kind of have understood that for both it's it's a bit uncomfortable for Medvedev talking about lately. Um, so, for example, the next one will be interesting, probably watching what Medvedev will, will do um, in order to try to, to invert the, the tendency. Yeah, and um, I guess that's a good note to, to finish on as well. We chat, chat, we've been chatting about this match for like 40 minutes now. I think it's going to be more in about in line with the um, other episodes. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad that this is on the list. I'm glad that I was able to push it to <laughs> and actually force John to include it, sort of. I mean, you guys actually forced him to include it because he could have voted it out. But Let's uh, say that you, you forced to include that in the poll. <laughs> yeah, and then people forced it to, to be mentioned. So it was really like a chained effort, and it shouldn't have been. It, sh it should have been more clear. But anyway, you also got your um, your first vote, of course, of of Rublev Rune. You're gonna have it 
Um, Rublev Luna Monte Carlo final, of course, you're going to have it as the number six, I believe. So, um, yeah, keep tuning into these episodes. And, um, yeah, it was fun to, to chat about this one with Mario. Definitely a match where the storyline takes a long part of the discussion, probably longer than it will for the other videos. But, again, I don't really feel like it's, you know, um, a substitute for quality. Uh, these things definitely went hand in hand here. So, um, a very good inclusion by my book, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of one of these matches which I can, you know, probably after the, this one, I can maybe even be okay. What I meet and okay, let's let's watch it again. <laughs> you know, this this kind of match. So um, it it was okay and fine for me to talk to talk about it. Yeah. Um, again, keep tuning into the other. Uh, reviews or like you know however you want to call it analysis of the matches of the year the videos dedicated to the best matches of the year and uh, that's it from us for today thank you bye bye if you enjoyed this video make sure you hit that like button don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.